Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to another handsome episode of your favorite Mad Men podcast, Made Man, where today I watched episode seven of season five of a Mad Men, Lady Lazarus, Lady Lazarus. I just realized that I'm singing a uh, song from a band called Volbeat. Uh, that has a different song that has Lady in the title and I realize many of you probably have no idea who that band is but if you look them up I like them anywho Lady Lazarus well this was a very Pete heavy episode and a very Megan heavy episode um very much so and uh some Peggy, we got some Ginsburg, we got some Stan, Don, a little bit of uh, Roger, and um, what's his name? Ken. And a, and a tiny bit of, of, uh, of Creepy Harry. So this episode opens up uh, aboard... I th- wait a minute. I want to make sure I get everything right. And I literally... I mean, when I say literally, just watch this. I literally just watch this episode and I already forget which scene opened up because the stories here they didn't really interact they didn't overlap you know what I mean like there was a a a big A story and a big B story and that was really it Um, they I mean it wasn't like like Pete very, very had really not much to do with this episode um, with with Megan's story at all, so uh, I think I'm, I'm serious. I think the episode opened up with Pete on the train. So Pete has this guy uh, that he's seen on the train. It's it's like a train buddy that he doesn't know anything really about this guy except they talk during a commute on the train. Now I take the train into Boston two days a week, and it's it's almost an hour ride. Um, and there are people that sit at like the end of the train cars and they talk and they're friends and they talk all the time and they sit together. And I am not one of those people. I'm the person who uh, it used to be sit there, would sit there with a book or I'd sit there with my Walkman. No, no, I didn't have a Walkman, but I would have a radio. Uh, then I'd sit there with my Game Boy or then my portable disc uh, DVD player or then my laptop. And now I'm the guy who sits there with his tablet or just has his phone buried into his phone. I don't want to talk to you. I will smile. I will nod. I'll be polite. But I don't, I don't go. First of all, I don't take the train every day. Thank God I used to. And you see the same people every day. And even then, I still wasn't one of those people. And mind you, I'm, I think I'm in the majority. Most people just want to be left alone, quiet and go. Uh, and Pete was reading his book, you know, perfectly fine. But his buddy came up. Um, his name was like, I think it was Henry or Harry or Howard or it began with an H. Um, and he was like, hey, how's it going? Oh, things are kind of lean. You know, he started talking about how his business wasn't doing all that great. And Pete saw it as a way as him saying, oh, you know, don't worry about me, Howard. I have my life insurance already uh, through my work. It pays me six times over and, you know something about like two, after two years I will pay for suicide too which 
that's an interesting thing. And Howard's like, um, you know, that's probably paying towards your work. Your work is paying for that because they're going to be the beneficiary. And he, he's like, no, I don't, I don't think so. And the guy, Howard, yeah, it was Howard, right? He, he knew how these things work. And when I look back at it now, hearing that, what was it, after two years, it'll pay for suicide, it'll pay even with suicide, tells me that it definitely is a business thing because the business is like, look, Pete does all this work for us, and after two years of being with us, you know, if he kills himself, I mean, then at least we get something for it, right? I mean, that seems a little fishy, but that seemed to get into uh, Pete's head that, you know, maybe he doesn't have it as good as um, he thought he did. And another thing this guy said, he goes, you like my new tie? He goes, you know what that means? He goes, I have a new uh, side girl. I don't know what he said. He has a new mistress. He has an apartment that he keeps in the city um, for, I guess, for work, quote unquote. But really, it's so that he can have his side girlfriend. And this guy was, is look, he's no Don Draper. He's no, uh, he's no Harry Crane, even. This guy was, is, you know, is not really, I would call, a looker. But um, he has a, on the 24th floor of a, of, he has a 24-year-old. And, um, you know, I think Pete was like, after hearing that, he was, um, he thought it was, I don't know if he was jealous of that or if he was angry at this guy or what. But, um, well, we'll we'll get there. We will get there. So, in fact, I'm going to stay with Pete's story because they don't really overlap. I'm going to stay with Pete's story. So Pete is in the office, and he um, uh, Roger brings him into his office and says, "Hey, uh, you know, we have all these skis here. Take them." And Pete's like, "What are we talking about here? Do they explode?" Because Roger was giving him these gifts. And it turns out that um, there is a new client, Head Skis, which are a very famous like ski company, right? I'm, I'm not crazy. That's a real ski company. Uh, and they uh, want to work with Pete. Roger got the business. They all want to work together, and they have gifts for Pete. So he has all these skis and these poles. And, you know, he very clumsily carries them out. And Roger said it was a very funny line. He's like, well, at least I got to see that. And even when he was leaving, he clumsily was walking out with them. And, you know, uh, Peggy saw them and she was like, what are, you, what are you doing? He goes, oh, we have a new client. And she's like, oh, they must really like you. He goes, they, he, they're giving us gifts. That's a good sign. He goes, they're giving me gifts and they haven't even met me. And that was, that's an interesting line because I'm just looking. Why did he say that? You know, it seems like is... The business is the work bothering him. Like, does it even? First, he hears about the life insurance. Then he gets this business, and then he gets these gifts, and he hasn't even met these people. And it's like, is what I do? Does it even matter? Because, you know, I'm getting these gifts. The other person who came in, he'd get the life insurance, and he'd get the gifts. So, what's maybe? I'm maybe I'm reading too much into it. But that's what. The, what's the point of this podcast if you don't read too much into things? Um, but he takes the skis home and we see him getting off the train to his car and there's a woman there and it's, um, I was like, I recognize her. She's the Gilmore girls person. And 
Uh, I couldn't remember her name. So anyway, Pete um, is like, oh, hello. Uh, and she's he's like, she goes, excuse me. And I'm locked out of my car. Are, do you know my husband by any chance? Uh, Howard something or other. And he's like, oh, yes, I, 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 I know of him. Um, we talk on the train. I'm, I'm Pete or something like that. And she goes, I, he never tells any, tells me anything about anybody on the train. Uh, um, he's like, oh, because he didn't come home on the train. Now, Pete knows that means he's probably with his, um, his, I guess you would call her, uh, his girlfriend. I couldn't think of anything more clever. He's obviously with his mistress and Pete is doing his best to not to just kind of play it cool. Doesn't want to blow this guy's cover um, and because, you know, Pete's a bit of a dick himself. And she's like, he goes, oh, you know, um, he's probably coming home later. He's probably taking a later train. He goes, oh, that's right. She goes, oh, she probably fell asleep on the train again. He goes, you know, come to think of it, I saw someone cornering him in the oyster bar, so he might be a little late. Instead of him just saying, I don't know, I didn't see him. He, for some reason, felt the need to cover for him. I don't get it. I don't understand it. That was weird. That's dumb because Pete's kind of dumb. Uh, and this woman's like, oh, I'm locked out of my car. He goes, well, what I could do is have, um, I could have a locksmith called and take care of your car and your house. She's like, oh, my house is open. Uh, can you just drive me home? And he's like, sure, okay. So he shoves the, the uh, skis in the car and puts her in the car. And they drive home together, and the skis are, like, bumping around, almost hitting her in the face. And she's pretty candid. She's just like, um, you know, do you, are you lying for my husband? Does it feel different for you now that you know me that you're lying to me? And Pete was a little taken back by her. But he was also, uh, um, found her alluring because he brings her home, and she says some line, I forget exactly what it was, and just gets out of the car, closes the door, doesn't even say thank you, first of all. Um, but it was almost like, was she expecting this? Because then she walked in her house, didn't even close the door behind her, just walked in. And Pete, being the, you know, creepy Pete, he was like, I, I'm, I'm mesmerized, follows her in and uh, says, um, are you okay? I don't want to leave you alone. And uh, she's like, Get out! You, you just drove me home. I don't know. You get out of my house. And he goes, I'm not leaving and, and, and until I make sure you're not going hysterical, which is a very old-fashioned sexist thing. Um, but he takes her by the, sh by the arms, and uh, next thing you know, they're kissing. They're doing more than kissing. They're sexing. So they have their intercourse. Um, and they're lying on the floor. They basically just went at it, started kissing. They're like, no, no. And she started throwing us up. She's like, don't you want me? And he's like, we can do this. Uh, and she goes, I, you can have me. And then boom, they, they, they do the sex. They're on the floor. And then after the, the sexing, Pete is like, you know, staring at her eyes. You know, Pete's got this lovely wife at home, but all he can do is F it up and, 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 romantically want to get with this girl or this nanny or this friggin high school girl uh, in, in driver's ed class. He is a serial asshole, I guess you could say. He's just really good at being a jerk. And uh, he looks at her and he's like, you know, he's trying to be romantic and she's like, 
this was a mistake, this can't happen again. But she said something like, um, your eyes, they remind me of photos of the earth. Have you seen those photos of the earth? And he's like, yes, he goes, the earth seems so alone and insignificant, you know, out in the, out in the blackness by itself. He goes, oh, so you don't like my eyes? And she leaves. Uh, no, she's like, this shouldn't have happened. Um, you need to leave. And he didn't want it to end. He didn't want to leave. He didn't want to leave her. He wanted to be with her. He wants to be with her. He can't stop thinking about her. But she's like, no, get the hell out of my house. Uh, so we don't see him go home. We don't see him with Trudy. We don't see him with Tammy as his kid. Um, but we do see him the next day going into the phone booth. There's the pay phone at work where they can have a private conversation. And he had her phone number, I think, because he was going to make sure to get it to that Howard guy. I forget why she took, he took the phone number, but he had her phone number and he, um, he calls her and she answers and she's like, I don't, he goes, listen, I can't stop thinking about you. Um, I want to, I want to see you again. And she's like, no, I don't want to see you again. And he's like, I can get a room and you can come into the city now. Uh, and she's like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, it was nice. It was like, what we had, she goes, just fantasize about it. I will. I was like, oh, you will? Um, and then I have to tell you, it, it kind of got to me. So while I'm watching the show, I said, "Who? what's her name? What's her name? I know this actress's name. I look it up. It's, again, I already forgot it. Alexis Blydell. And I was like, oh, and she's married to some guy named Vincent something or other. Wait a minute. I click on it. She's married to Pete Campbell in real life. So this is Pete Campbell's real wife. I don't know if you knew that. But they, I think they started dating after this, so, um, and they got married, um, I don't know, a couple years later or a year later. They're still married. I thought that was really cool. And I realized, well, Pete isn't a real creep in real life. How wonderful. Okay, back to this. So he calls her, and he's trying to talk to her. Uh, and she really didn't want to talk to him. But, you know, people were coming in for work uh, to work for the day and Harry Crane. It was very funny, just meaningless exchange, but it was very funny. Harry and Pete lock eyes. Harry comes over and Pete opens the phone booth. He's like, what? He goes, you walked over to me. He goes, you, you opened the phone booth. It was just a very quick, but just cute moment, a funny moment. Um, so uh, she, she blows him off and Pete, um, is in his office later. Harry comes in to tell him the news about Megan. We'll get there later. And Pete is like, whatever. And you can see things are starting to get to Pete. He's like the Drapers. They can do whatever they want. They come and go as they please. They do this. They do that. She can do this. She can do that. She can not do this. She can do that. It doesn't matter. They get to do whatever they want. Blah, blah, blah. He's complaining about it. And then he's like, you know, um, she's, he's, she says something like, uh, oh, he says something to Harry about the Earth and the have you seen the pictures of Earth from space? He goes, yeah. And then he starts thinking about being significant. And Harry was like, I like the pictures. They're they're they were mesmerizing. And I realized this is the '60s. These photos are probably fairly new, so it's a big deal. It's a conversation point. You know, me being a kid of the '80s, you just like, oh, these are photos that were taken in space. Boom. You didn't have thought anything of it. But at this point. In history, these are like new, amazing things. So, anyway, uh, Pete was just kind of second, like wondering why, quote unquote, they have all the power. And I think he was talking about women in general. Like, how come they get to decide? And Harry's like, uh, oh, 
He's like, don't you ever feel small and significant? And, um, um, and sorry, I, I got a notification on my watch and I looked and I, I shouldn't have. So he goes, don't you ever feel small and significant? And Harry's like, um, oh, you know, I don't know if you heard, but I don't, I'm not, I'm not small, Pete. And Pete says to him, save it for your convention horse. And Harry looks over his shoulder. He's like, shut up. What are you talking about? Because uh, remember, Harry Crane is a jerk. And an asshole. I just made that song up, but remember the email I read I read last week about Harry Crane being a despicable person. And it turns out, guess what? He is, and he owns it. He he doesn't care. He didn't say, What are you talking about? That's not true. He was more like, Shh, don't let my secret out, Pete. We're a bunch of creeps. Uh so later I feel like that's kind of where that conversation ended. Then later in the episode, Pete was just kind of Stewing at his desk They show him sitting there Just kind of like Not really happy Um, And then Later He's on the train And who's there on the train with him But that guy Howard And he says You know Howard um, And this was Brilliant For this Creep This is like how psychopaths Get into homes Uh, He's like You know Howard uh, I looked it up And you were right My insurance is Um is specifically paying out to the business. So I asked them to hook me up with a broker. And I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, broker, give me a chance. He goes, well, I haven't finished off anything yet. He's like, uh, maybe, he goes, maybe, he goes, give me a chance. Like, let me show you. He goes, come to my house. No, he goes, um, he was like, you can, um, he was like, you can meet me here. He's like, oh, all the way in the city. He, and then he just said, he basically Peter's like, well, what if I just came over to your house and what if you show me the papers now? I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Brings Pete home. Pete goes in the house and there's this, there's the girl, the woman. I don't know her name. Uh, and he's like, honey. She turns and there's uh, Pete. He's like, oh, I don't mean to intrude. What a lovely house you have. He goes, let me go get that paperwork. He grabs, while the husband goes away, he grabs her, kisses her, and gives her a big load of money and says, Meet me at the uh, at this hotel at noon this time. She goes, I can't. No, I can't. I won't. He goes. She goes. Take back the money. He goes. I won't use it. He goes. Then throw it away. And she didn't throw it away. She kept the money. And um, she walks off. And the guy comes back. He's like, Here's the paperwork. Uh, and she goes, Howard, can I talk to you? And they go in the other room. I was expecting Howard to run out and punch him in the face. Or it was even worse, they were like they are like some creepy swingers. But instead, he's like, "Oh, she's got a migraine." He goes, "But it's chicken. Come on, you could stay, have dinner with me." He's like, "Okay." So they have dinner. She blows him off and goes to bed. Then, at the end of Pete's story, no, I'm sorry. Then Pete goes to that hotel. He's got a bottle of champagne, mind you. Again, he's got a lovely wife and a child at home, but he has a bottle of champagne and he sits and he waits and he waits and nobody shows up. And Pete is that guy who wants everything the way he wants it and wants and, and deserves it because damn it he's Pete takes his champagne glass and smashes it gets up leaves the hotel I was expecting her to be at the door she wasn't so the end of the night he is um, getting out of off the train into the car and he sees Howard get into his car he gets he looks over in his car and there's the woman she glances over at him and in the fog in her window she draws a little heart and to me, that means this ain't over.
Pete was like, oh, this ain't over. So Pete was very excited. And that was really, I think, the end of Pete's story. And if I missed anything, I apologize. But, you know, I've talked 20 minutes and I, and I haven't even crossed over to our other story. Over at Sterling Draper Cooper Price, uh, Megan got a phone call uh, from some guy. They say the name, and Megan's face just kind of went, oh, blank. A little, bla- little like, like just kind of like she's seen a ghost. And my first thought is, it's an old boyfriend. Uh, it's an old husband that we don't know about. It's the father of her child. All these things are going through my head. What is going on here? So she takes the phone, she takes the call, and she goes to the phone booth too. I guess the phone booth is where you go when you want to have secrets, and we don't see where the phone call where the phone call is. Um, but I remember Don's like, "Where is Megan?" and uh, and they're like, "Oh, she's she must be working on something." Uh, meanwhile, there is um, two little work things going on. The first one is for a cologne, and the. Um, there's two people, two two male clients, uh, and if if what they think is correct, there's one straight dude and one gay dude, and uh, Ginsburg gives this impassioned presentation about like almost like a hard day's night. Things are in black and white, and there's these girls chasing these guy, and the guy slips into a pub, and then the, when he when the pub there it's in color, and all these women are even more in there, and it's all about this this cologne. It's 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 um more trouble than it you know it's more trouble than it should be or something like that basically um meaning if you wear this cologne you're going to get all these chicks and the guys clapped for it they loved it and they basically want a pop song they want some music um something he goes the beatles are basically impossible to get but something like it and they're like great we'll figure it out and um don is like what's up with you know people wanting music uh, you realize, Don, it's the 60s, but he's not a 20-year-old guy in the 60s. You know, he's he's brought up in the 30s, so he's in his 40s, or 40, um, right? He had his 40th birthday, um, and he is like, you know, it's like me listening to the pop music of today. Some of it I get, some of it I like, some of it I don't, uh, and then I realize it's not for me. And Don is this older guy with all these younger people into these the Beatles and the Stones, and um, they these people want the Beatles for their commercial, and he's like, "What about like jingles? I don't understand music." Um, so later on, he sees Megan. She just um, you could see she's something happened. She's a little like, "Oh," and he's like, "You should come with me to this meeting," and Megan's like, oh, I, "I you know I can't. I have work too much work to do. It's a client dinner." Uh, he's like, okay, um, so I'm going to go to the, the client dinner. She's like, okay, I'm going to stay and work. He goes off to this client dinner. Then later, Peggy's working, and we see Megan. Now, this is all in memory, so if I screw it up, I apologize. Um, we see Megan a little dressed up, not totally dressed up, but I don't think she was wearing the same thing she was wearing at work, and I could be wrong. And she sees Peggy, and Peggy's like, I thought we were working. And she's like, I'm sorry. Don, Don called me for, for, you know, for the dinner. He needs me. She's like, well, I guess you can't say no to that. So she leaves. Peggy keeps working. Type, 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 type. And later on, she gets a phone call. It's from Don looking for Megan. She's like, oh, she's meeting you at the restaurant. And he goes, what, what are you talking about? She goes, I thought she was meeting you at the restaurant. She said, oh, maybe she said she was. Um, 
She goes, I'm, maybe she went home. He's like, I'm at home. She's like, I don't know. Do you know where Abe is? He goes, fine. Good night, Peggy. Keeps working. She, the look on her face like, hmm, what's going on here? Keeps working. Gets another call later from Don. She picks up. She's like, uh, pizza house, then hangs up. She realizes, oh, my God, he's still looking for Megan. I don't want to cover for her anymore. She goes to um, to bed. And uh, no, she she gets up and just leaves work. She gets the hell out of there. And then Megan comes home and uh, he's like, oh, where were you? What, what, what happened? I called and Peggy was looking for you. She goes, oh, I went out for drinks with these people and I had a lie to Peggy to get out. He goes, oh, I understand. I understand that. Uh, how the dinner go? Blah, 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 blah. So, but you could see she was lying. So the next day in work, um, they all walk in together and Megan has this look of like just guilt on her face. She goes off to the ladies room, almost like knowing that Peggy will follow her. Peggy follows her in and she pretty much spills the guts. It's not what you think it is. I had a call back for an audition uh, and she didn't get the audition, but she... um, she had this uh, callback for it, and it just what it did was it sparked her interest in acting. It, she 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 feels like she shouldn't have ever gave up acting, and she's like, you know, I feel like this is what I should be doing, not not working in advertising. And Peggy was not supportive. She was actually hot on her. She's like, twenty people out there would kill for this job. You're doing good at it. Don't give up on it. And she's like, I don't have the passion for it. I, I, you know, she was really upset. Peggy's like, oh, you know, don't don't complain to me. Don't tell me about it. I don't want to hear it. I don't care what you do. Peggy, Peggy loves what she does. She's worked hard to get there, and she loves it. Megan is good at what she does. She had help getting there a little bit because of, well, you know it. She had help getting there, you'd think, because of being Don's wife. But she's also really good at it. And Peggy sees that, and she... Um, she what's the word not facilitates she I want to say, cultivates I don't know maybe what the word is but she sees it and works with her and appreciates it when when Megan nailed the uh, the whole thing with um, Heinz by Heinz baked beans Peggy was genuinely happy for her um, but Megan was a little shooken up by that conversation Peggy goes into the uh, into the meeting uh, in Don's office and he's like where's Megan oh she's not coming she popped in no I'm here sits down and they have a kind of conversation of what they're going to do with this test kitchen, this idea they have for Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Uh, which, you know, Cool Whip to me is um, my grandmother's butterscotch pudding or, uh, you know, that was, that's really where it really was. On pudding as a kid. Oh my goodness. Cool Whip. Um, and it's a new thing. It's not whipped cream. It's a frozen topping. And Megan and Don have this whole little skit figured out of, you know, um, of how they think their uh, pitch should go and how they think the commercial should go. Just taste it. Just taste it. So they did this whole thing where Megan, Don's being, at, you know, like, I don't want to try this. And she's like, just taste it. And um, Peggy finally was like, just taste it already. And they're like, see, it's working. That's exactly what we want people to do at home. Just taste it. That's the line. Everyone will be yelling at their TV. Just taste it. And Megan was good at the acting. And, um, uh, Peggy was a little passive aggressive here. So um, uh, they were like, who's going to be doing it? You guys going to be in the, uh, you guys going to be doing the actual commercial? They're like, no, they didn't want to. Um, And that's what um, 
uh, Ken said, Ken Cosgrove. And Peggy's like, oh, who didn't want? Cool Whip or Don and Megan? He goes, oh, Don and Megan. Oh, okay. Um, and I think Peggy was like, oh, Megan wants to be an actress. Here's your chance. Be an actress. So she was like, huh, okay, all right. She goes, you didn't like it? So no, I'm just, uh, I'm just taking it all in. So Peggy was kind of a jerk about it. And Meg- Don didn't really notice it, but uh, Pe- Megan did. She was like, mm, okay. Um, so uh, later on in the episode, she comes to Don in the middle of the night. She, she couldn't keep a secret no more. She said, Don, I need to tell you something. He's like, what's, what's, what's up? You just woke me up. She's like, I lied to you yesterday. I didn't go um, out for drinks. I went to an audition. I got a call back. And he's like, what? What? What are you talking about? Uh, did you get the job? No, I didn't. No, I didn't get it. But I goes, oh. And then he, she goes, I, I think that's what I want to do. I want to. I want to be an actress. And he tried to talk her out of it. And I think he felt disrespected a little bit about his profession, because um, she's like, I don't have any passion in this. Because you did so good with Heinz. You know, you just keep doing that. You know, there's 20 firms out there who would love to have you. I use the word 20 again. I don't know if, if it's 20 firm, whatever. There's a bunch of firms out there who would love to, who would love to have you. You know, is it because of the working with me? I think that's what he meant by that. Um, but she was like, no, you don't understand. I felt more satisfied failing at the acting than I did at winning at achieving in, at the Heinz. And I think that bothered Don a little, but he's like, what are you going to do? He, he loves his wife. He wants to make her happy. And if she wants to be an actress, he kind of gave in. He goes, well, you've got to follow your dream, you know. Uh, I guess we'll tell, we'll go into work. She goes, what do I do about work? He goes, I guess I could, um, you know, like finish up my work and then train the new person. He's like, no, you're not going to train a new person. He goes, we'll go in tomorrow. We'll tell them. And it'll be your last day. And she's like, oh, thank you. And gives a big hug and falls asleep. And he just has this look like, what's going on? What, what's, what's happening here? Um, they go into work the next day and... She's a little upset, and he goes into Joan's office, and he's like, uh, listen, I need to talk to you. Uh, Megan's last day. She goes, oh. He goes, oh, no, 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 she'll still be around. Um, she's just going to try acting full time. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, he was like, what do I do? He goes, well, do we have a party? She goes, we can have the girls take her out uh, to, out to lunch. That way, you know, we can say her goodbyes that way. Because it's not like she's leaving for good. She's still going to be around. Don's like, yeah, yeah, she's not leaving me. She's still around. Uh, and I wonder if that's part of that's with Dawn, like, you know, the um, possibly leaving. Um, so she went in and told Peggy, and Peggy was taken aback. Uh, Peggy was like, oh, um, you know, I think she thought that she had something to do with it. Uh, maybe she did. And she told Ginsburg, and Ginsburg, of course, had asked awkward questions like, where do you get, the, do you get to keep the clothes? And Stan was like, are you kidding me? But he was like, hey, good for you. Congratulations. He was just, you know, being kind of like, you know, hey, whatever you whatever you want. And Ginsburg was more upset because she owes him like 15 bucks for lunch. He's like, what am I going to ask Don for it? Uh, but she's like, you know, this is my work. I'm done and I'm going to be off. Goodbye. So um, Don meets her, brings her to the elevator, gives her a kiss, Sends her on her way. Says she goes, enjoy your lunch. She goes, I'll be back. He goes, no. He goes, what are you going to go do this again? I'll bring all your stuff home. You can go. So she gives him a kiss goodbye. Gets on the elevator and leaves. Now Don, I don't know where he was going or what he was doing, but then he presses the elevator, and he's waiting. And the other elevator door opens, and he goes over to it, 
and there's nothing there. And he looks down, and there's no elevator. There's just an empty elevator shaft, a little wind of an echo, and he just peers into it. And I'm like, what the F? And it was weird. And it was never brought up again. It was just the elevator was there. There was no the elevator was there for Megan, but it wasn't there for him. Does that mean something? Like Megan's going someplace where he can't follow her? Am I reading too? I mean, look, it wasn't there to say to say, "Hey, the elevator needs to be fixed." There's some sort of metaphor here, my friends. Um, like, is Don looking at death? Is Don? Or I just came up with the other one where he can't follow her, where she wants to, where she's going, he can't go. I don't know. That's a that's an interesting one, but it also was just like, I feel like if he wasn't paying attention, he just would have walked right in. If I don't know, it's just I don't know. Something interesting happened there, and I and I'm not sure what it was, but uh, it was very eerie, and it spooked me, and I think it spooked Don. He went into his office and had a little drinky drink himself. Uh, and then he, I think he just kept drinking. He, um, they said, oh, you know, Ken said, oh, um, is Megan going to be coming in for the uh, Cool Whip thing still? He goes, no, no, Peggy can do it. I'm like, okay, sure. Uh, Roger's in the office, comes in just for a few minutes and talks to Don. He's like, what happened? She goes, she wants to be an actress. And Don's having a drink. They have a little drink together. And Roger's like, you know, she's probably going to want to have a baby next. He goes, uh. I think Jane, I almost gave Jane a baby, but who, you know, something about Jane having a baby and why would I do that to her or something like that. Um, But he was like, oh, God bless her, you know. He goes, um, he was just kind of being supportive there for Don. It was just, I forget the the specifics of the conversation, but it was, uh, it was just fun to see them for a second. Um, So I'm trying to think what happens next to Don. I think he just goes home and sees Megan cooking and she's cooking barefoot. He's like, you shouldn't cook barefoot, but she's there to cook for him. And you know, that's what he had before. I don't think he wants exactly what he had before. I think he liked having his wife at work. Um, and they give a little kissy kiss, smoochy smooch. And she's going to be, she's cooking up dinner. He goes off. I don't know to get ready or get dressed or change his clothes. I don't know. Um, and then, uh, later on in the episode, um, well, we see Peggy and Joan talking to each other. And Peggy's like, I think I was a little too hot on her. I don't know if I had anything to do with this. And Joan's like, oh, you know, that's, um, she'll just be another failed actress. And Megan's like, Peggy's like, no. No, saying, I think Megan is one of those girls who's just really good at everything. I mean, she, she was good at this. Uh, and I think she's just really good at this. She, you know, she could be good at acting. And Joan was like, um, well, you know, um, he goes, second wives. You know, Betty Draper was, how he met her, she was uh, doing modeling for a, for a uh, paper print ad. He goes, that's just the type of women he chooses. I think Joan was a little, um, a little, I don't know if she was jealous, just didn't, wasn't really sympathetic, though, I'll give you that. Um, the So we do go to the uh, test kitchen because Peggy's filling in. Peggy's filling in for Megan and... She sucks at it. She screws up. She keeps saying, just try it instead of just taste it. And the people at Cool Whip aren't happy about it. Don isn't happy about it. And Mr. Belding isn't happy about it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, 
the man who wor- runs the test kitchen for Cool Whip is the, is the same actress. I want to call him. I want to say his name is Dennis Haskins. Haskins, I believe, and he is Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell. Um, Saved by the Bell, and he um, he first of all. When he found out that it wasn't Don's wife, he's like, "Oh, I have your wife?" She goes, "Oh no, she couldn't. She's sick. Uh, this is Peggy, the copywriter." He's like, "Oh," and they do the routine, and it fails miserably. They just taste it, just taste it, and he's like, "Oh," and he walks out. And then the other guy working in the lab was like, "Oh, hold on one second. He walks out. I'm not sure they're gonna get this quip thing. Ken takes a taste of a drink. He's like, "My mouth is dry," because I think it was just awkward in the room. And then Peggy. And, and and Don go at it. And Don is pissed at her. And Peggy's like, you're not even angry at me, so don't take it out on me. He's like, you've been jealous of her the whole time. She goes, me? And Peggy's like, I've been helping her. I've been working with her. I work with her more than you did. I trained her more than you did. And um, they just went at each other, yelled at each other. She goes, you're not even mad at me, so shut up. She says that right to Don. I loved it. And Don was like, I think he felt the same way. He was like, uh, uh, I'm not mad at you. So, Don, um, at the end of these, towards the end of this episode, Don's back at the house, and Megan's going off for acting class, and she's like, "Listen, you always talk." Oh, wait! Before I get there, they got a record for um, the the people who have the cologne company did bring a record uh, to Ken and uh, Ginsburg and Stan, and they put it on, and I don't know the song, and I don't know the. Um, the band, but it was an older song that kind of, and Don's like, what are you talking about? We can't even get the Beatles. Like, this isn't the Beatles. And it just shows, and, and I knew it wasn't the Beatles, and Don just doesn't know modern music. And, you know, in the 60s, this is the modern music. Um, and you can see Don doesn't get it, uh, and he's like, that's when he brought up the whole thing. What about jingles? People don't want jingles anymore. You know, all of a sudden, people want music. And uh, later on, back at the house, Oh, Ginsburg drops an F. He doesn't like the music either. He drops an F bomb, which on Netflix, I don't know if it if it would have been this way on AMC, but it came through on Netflix and it just took me back. I was like, what a random spot to have to, to throw the F word there, uh, and Ginsburg saying it. And Don's like, why are you cursing? Um, so, back to the Draper apartment. Megan is leaving to go to uh, acting class. She goes, you wanted me to um, to uh, you want to listen to modern music? She goes, here, I got this for you. It's the new Beatles album. And it was Revolver. Um, and um, she takes, he takes the record. She goes, Try, start with this song. He's like, okay. She leaves. He puts the record on. And the, um, the song comes on. And it's like, ding, ding, ding. It's a real like trippy Beatles song called Tomorrow Never Knows. And we got a little montage of Don kind of listening to it. And if you think Don doesn't like the Beatles, like this is the trippy Beatles stuff. This isn't like, I need somebody help, not just anybody. This is like, it's like weird music, weird time signature. Uh, just like really like, really like modern experimental sound. And that's what Megan tells him to start with. Um, he puts it on and we get a little montage. Uh, that's when we see I think that's when we see Pete uh, and the and his real life wife drawing the heart in the window. We see Megan at an acting class where she's just lying there uh, doing some weird uh, acting thing. 
we see um, uh, Peggy smoking a little weed with uh, with Stan as they're working, and um, we see uh, Don just kind of listening to it, and then Don just takes it off, put takes the like I thought that's how the episode would end, but no, we hear that as he pick, picks the needle off the record, and doesn't want to listen to it anymore and just we see him walk across his apartment into the bedroom and that's where the episode ends and that in fr- it stays on the empty apartment for a second and then the episode ends and it's like Don is alone and his wife is off doing something while he's just kind of in an empty apartment listening to this music that he thinks is probably garbage and he doesn't want to hear it he doesn't want to deal with it. He doesn't want to be alone in this apartment. He just wants to go to bed. Now it could be Don's like, look, I, I, I fell in love with this girl. I got her, a, I got her a, a big job, a better job, so she can stay with me and um, be with me all the time. And now she wants to go do her own thing. She finds more important. So I think he's a little jealous of that and a little um, angry about her not being there. Um, and. You know, I, th- I think that's what it is. I think he's upset that she doesn't want to work with him anymore, but she also he also wants to be supportive for her because he does love her. Um, at least, I, at least I think he thinks he does. Um, so the episode title, Lady Lazarus, or I should the Beatles, I should go, Lady Lazarus. Is this episode title? Do 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 do. Okay, Lady Lazarus. Like I typed in Lady Lazarus also um, to see if that was a song title. I think it might be. I don't know what it is. It's a title of something. Um, but for this episode, for me, Megan is Lady Lazarus, and I don't know if Lady Lazarus. I, f- I feel like like when I typed in Lady Lazarus on Google to get like the IMDb, the first thing that came up was Lady Lazarus Sylvia Plath, who's a writer of some sorts. I'm not very smart. Um, so I don't know if she's a playwright or a novelist or a poet. I don't know. Um, but Lady Lazarus is something. In this episode of this context, I was trying to think, what is Lady Lazarus? And I thought it was going to be a play that she was working on, a play that she might be trying out for. Uh, but also to me, th- metaphorically, um, Megan is Lady Lazarus, right? Because Lazarus, uh, in the Bible, uh, Lazarus rose from the dead, right? Jesus brings Lazarus, Lazarus rising from the dead. So I think of like a phoenix rising, a, 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 someone coming back from the dead, uh, and that is Megan rising from out of the, the world of um, copywriting for an advertisement agency. Ad, uh, advertisement agency rising up to get back to the world of acting. This is the real Megan. I am an actor. And you have to realize, you have to connect this to the previous episode where her dad put this bug in her, in his, in her ear. He's like, you must get back to acting. And I don't think this is even the French accent. Oh, there's a little French there. Um, so while her mother was I was going to make a really crass joke. It was a clever joke. Something about head. Uh, that the the mother was doing one thing that dealt with head, and the father was putting uh, thoughts into Megan's head. 
I'm not going to say the joke. I'm going to let you figure it out for yourself. Uh, but those thoughts about acting got to Megan. Now, I hope she's not doing this just to please Daddy. Um, she's definitely not doing this to please Don. I hope these, she's doing this because this is the passion that she wanted. You know, she got a job at Sterling Cooper to pay the bills while she was acting. And then instead, she fell in love with a little Donnie Draper, a little Dickie Whitman. Um, and now she wants to get back into acting. So we shall see what this leads to. Um, but you know, dear old dad had something to do with it. Um, what else did we learn here? Well, Pete is infatuated with his real life wife, which, you know, is cute, but it, but in the character sense, it's creepy because Pete, you have a lovely wife at home. You have a daughter at home. Okay. Maybe you can't fix the faucet in your own home, like a uh, muscle bound Don Draper. Okay. Maybe your hairline is creeping a little back too much, you know? Your forehead is slowly taking over. But it doesn't give you license to go stepping out with this woman. But this woman seems to be equally infatuated with you. She knows it's wrong. She didn't meet you at the hotel. But she did draw that little heart, which tells me, like I said before, this ain't over. Um, and Peggy, she knows she was in a little bit. She screwed up with the Cool Whip. I wonder if they're going to start bringing Megan back for acting and she's going to get roles and they're going to uh, start really getting angry about the nepotism. I don't know. I wonder, um, Harry Crane, still a creep. And he confirmed it. He likes the Earth pictures, but he is a creep. Uh, and Ginsburg needs 15 bucks back. He needs for lunch. I feel like I covered just about everything. Um, Joan was a little too uh, negative in this episode. And Peggy, I just, even when she's angry, I just find her delightful all the time. Um, I think that covers it, my friends. My friends, I think that covers it. I wrote a song about the end of this episode. This is how the episode ends, my friends. See that? I just came up with that on the spot. Uh, and um, I should write a full musical. Is there? A, I wonder if there's a musical episode of Mad Men. I hope, like, I hope there is, but I also hope there isn't. Um, but if there is, I should do a musical episode of that musical episode. You know? Why do I think a musical episode? The first thing I think of is uh, even Stevens. I shouldn't even. I'm too old to even to even say that I watched that show, but it was terrific. Now, listen. You know where you can find me. You know how you can reach me. Now, I do have a, a Facebook page called uh, Fans Not Experts, but as you can see, I don't use it all that much. I have a Twitter page that I use every week. I post every episode up there, and that's at Made Man. Pod. If you reach out to me there, I will be sure to see it. I also have an email address. Now, this email address is maidman at fansnotexperts.com. You think I'd know that. Maidman at fansnotexperts.com. If you email me there, I will get it. Okay? You may get a reply back from my regular email address because this the maidman email just forwards to my regular email. That's how I see it. That's how you know I will see it. But I will see it. Uh, and I will talk about it. And maybe 
I will read the whole goddamn thing. Um, my friends, thank you. Thank you, thank you for listening, for subscribing. Um, I love this. And, you know, we are really kind of on the back end of things. Now, I know we still have two more seasons, but like these see these episodes are going through. It's like two and a half seasons and we're done. And that's the end of this se- this this show. The show isn't going to live on. I'm not going to talk about other things. I mean, the last episode of Mad Men is the last episode of this podcast. It'll live on for you to share with your with your friends and your generations. Pass it on to your children and your children's children. But that's the end of this. And for me, it just means that I want to then go on to another show, do another podcast, kind of do the same thing. Now, it might be shows that I've already watched, but I want to talk about, and I never did before. It might be shows that I've never seen. And it might be more than one at the same time. I have ideas about what I want to do. Um, so stick with me if you like me. If you don't, stay subscribed and just don't listen. Just leave it in the corner. And, you know, just oh, for, for my download stats, I'd really appreciate it. Um, but thank you guys for listening. I'm rambling now and I realize that uh, you probably stopped listening. So... If you are still listening, I'm going to give you a secret code word. You can tweet at MadeManPod and say, Cinnamon. That's the secret code word. It's Cinnamon. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. And thank you guys for coming along with me in my announcer voice as I strive to be a made man. Fans not experts.